Welcome back to Our Golden Twenties. My name is Tegan and I'm joined with my co-host Sadie. And today we are going to be talking about reclaiming your nine to five. And what that means is embracing your life outside of work hours. And this was inspired by the TikToker Anna Sophia, who's been doing a TikTok every day showing how she's been reclaiming the time outside of her nine to five. And we were like, what a good idea. We should talk about that. I feel like for years, probably like my entire early 20s, I've walked this like very fine line between work being everything and just like everything that I am and being the largest part of my identity to it just being like a healthy balance of like having a life outside of work too. So I feel like this is... A really great like reminder for me I feel like looking back I wouldn't change how I did things but it is like good perspective to have to be like okay we still have years of our 20s left yeah. do we want to continue down this road or do we want to change things up and I feel like just talking to my friends lately like I think a lot of people are um working longer hours and whatnot and yeah. just like they're wondering what did we used to do outside of work hours like pre-pandemic so I think it's a It's going to be a good episode for sure. Yeah. Well, that's a good point about how it felt a lot easier to me to like live life outside of work before the pandemic, whereas Mm -hmm. now I'm working from home. It's just like work takes up every like section of your home and it's more effort to leave and do something else. Like it used to be you were out for work anyways. Now it's like Mm -hmm. work is the easiest option so sometimes it feels easier to just like sit and work like crazy Mm -hmm. yeah but before we get into too much more should we jump into some monthly reflections since april is just around the corner yeah did you want to maybe tell us how your march has been going and what you're thinking about moving into april For sure. So March was an interesting month for me. I feel like my biggest win from the month, and this is something I did share on the podcast, like when we did our kind of monthly check-in at the beginning of the month, um, my biggest win was all of the spring cleaning that I accomplished this month. So it's like my one time a year where I like do the big tasks around the house that I don't have to do often. So I feel really accomplished and like proud of what I've done. However, I feel like the overall vibe of March was just kind of like up and down. And it was just this really weird like time for me because I was having a hard time balancing socializing with Ontario lifting COVID restrictions and people going out and about and like being more open to socializing and making plans with friends versus balancing this established routine that I've been talking to you guys so much about since January. And all of that routine is really in my home time and like my me time, time by myself. So it was just this like really weird feeling because I went out a lot at the beginning of the month, like the first two weeks of the month, I was out seeing different friends, enjoying it. And then I felt so drained. So then I took a week off and didn't see anybody, didn't go out at all. But then I was sitting at home again after I had chosen, okay, I need to just take some me time and focus on my routine. 
I was seeing everybody out and about posting on social media and I felt not necessarily like comparison, but just like this guilt for being like, things are finally open. You've waited so long for this and you're choosing to stay home. Like it was just this really weird ride of emotions. So that was kind of my march. Also daylight savings. This is so dumb. At least I find it dumb that it threw off my morning routine. Just like that one hour totally screwed me up, which I don't remember doing in the past. So that also like through my morning routine, which then through my like work day and my evening routine, like it was just a lot going on over here. But I feel like I just want to wrap it up by saying that or just reminding you guys that this is kind of another like adjustment period in terms of the pandemic where at Mm -hmm. least here in Ontario, where things are lifting, we just got rid of masks, which I know is controversial, but like things are starting to trend in a positive direction. So it is, you know, having to adjust to your me time, your work, your routine, your alone time, like it is that transitional time again. So it's okay if it takes time to settle in and find your dare I say it new normal (laughs) (laughs) yeah well and I feel like that but (laughs) the FOMO is very real like this was um or last week was a lot of people's reading weeks and the amount of people that were on like tropical vacations and it was oh my goodness I know like look at these people go but then it's so easy to be like well, what am I doing? I'm sitting here and I'm working or the same, like you yes. see friends going out every weekend and you're like, yeah, you know, you have to do laundry, but you feel that FOMO of like, but look, they're young, they're having fun. So it is a balance. Exactly. Again. Yes. And honestly, guys, as much as I hate TikTok, there were so many like TikToks. I've gotten onto like single talk, Ooh. which I feel like, I don't know if that's a good thing or not. <laughs> But I was seeing so many TikToks of girls being like, I'm 27 years old. I'm sitting at home FaceTiming my mom, drinking a glass of wine on a Saturday night, and I wouldn't do it any other way. And I was just like, I have found my people. Yeah. <laughs> For once, I was finding comfort in TikTok, yeah. which was kind of maybe pathetic and ridiculous. But <laughs> it's okay to do things like unlike your friends or to just take yeah. time out for yourself 100%. Yeah. And it's also, I think, like a good reminder, too, that maybe the way things were before and like maybe things are different for you now. Like it's okay to be frustrated because you're Mm -hmm. like, I used to go out all the time. Why am I so exhausted when I used to do this every night? But it's like things change and that's okay. Yeah. What about you, Tag? What was your March looking like? My March has also, I feel like, been very up and down. It's felt a little chaotic and busy. I've been really trying to prioritize work, which is why this topic is perfect. And Mm. yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm at a precipice of something, but I don't know what. And so it's a very weird feeling. And I don't know why or what's coming I just feel that there's like some shift happening so I don't know Mm. so I'm trying yeah it goes against my nature of just like letting it be and seeing what happens so I'm trying that but then Mm. I'm also kind of trying to force things so it's been an interesting month of trying to let go and learn and reprioritize that sounds very cryptic but I'm not trying to be cryptic. I'm genuinely just confused. 
So with that in mind, I think in April, I'm trying to focus more on me and self-care. And because I was like, I feel like I'm on a precipice. Let's work, put my head down, see where that gets me. And it's like, that's all good. But then I feel the damage that I'm doing to myself by working crazy hours. And so it's like, I need to Mm -hmm. focus on finding a balance. And it's like, it's okay. Like if you have to work late, that's fine. But you can't then skip your yoga practice that night just because, well, I worked late. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to kind of focus on that. So I want to see my friends, take care of myself and try and get ready for summer. I've booked myself like an Mm -hmm. insane amount of beauty appointments because I'm like, this is forced relaxation. So I'm hoping that I'm a beautiful, beautiful gal at the end of April. Yeah, I feel like you're bringing back the April Glow Up Challenge 2.0. Exactly. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. I love also that you were like so focused on work this month. And I feel like I was so focused on routine. Yeah. And today's episode is really merging the two. And I feel like that's just so funny that that's what led us here kind of thing. But I love that. I was going to ask you, have you read your horoscope lately? I Maybe that could give you some like insight. Been. Yeah. And it was very like career focused, which was part of why, well, it wasn't why, but if I was like, mm-hmm. should I be working this hard? Then all of my horoscopes were like something big's coming in your career, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, oh, okay. So then I kept working hard. So I don't know. I haven't checked in a while. I should see what it says for like April, but. Yeah, exactly. We'll see. Maybe that can give you some more insight, but very interesting. Yeah. So should we get into our main topic of reclaiming your nine to five? Yes, I would love that so much. I want to just like start out by telling you guys about this book I read a while ago. I don't even know, maybe two or three, maybe two or three years ago. Maybe even more at this point. I have no idea because two years we've been in this pandemic and I definitely read this book before then. (laughs) But anyways, it's called The Defining Decade and it's by Meg Jay. And it's kind of like a self-help-ish, but also very not science-y, but like data-driven book by Mm -hmm. Meg Jay, who has her PhD in some, some sort of psychology, social science type field. Mm -hmm. And it's all about the importance of your 20s. And I feel like reading this book was extremely freeing, but also, and it like really validated parts of like how I operate in my 20s and like what my 20s have been so far. But then it was also extremely anxiety inducing on the other hand, because essentially like spoiler alert but not your 20s are your prime time for literally everything right (laughs) and I feel like there's kind of like three ways people go or at least three things that I remember from this book and what the first one being that your 20s people often view as being kind of this prime time to prioritize being fun and carefree not having commitments you know just Mm -hmm. kind of going with the flow because it's your ideal time to figure out who you are, especially who you are maybe living on your own for the first time or who you are outside of school after you graduate and you're starting to make money for the first time. Like it's this really like 
new chapter for a lot of people after high school and into post-secondary and after post-secondary. So it makes sense that it is that like carefree time to figure out who you are. So that's kind of one. And then there's also the people who might be prioritizing relationships. And this is what was extremely anxiety inducing for me because she goes into talking about how people, especially people who want to be a mom will prioritize relationships and getting pregnant essentially in your twenties, because once you are aging, like Mm -hmm. you're more prone to like, not unhealthy, but a harder time getting pregnant or like Mm -hmm. more difficult pregnancies. So it makes sense to get pregnant, like in your early twenties. So I was like, okay, (laughs) some people are prioritizing that. And then there's this last group of people, which I think is, if you're like excited for this episode, you likely fall into this bucket. I know I sure do. And it's the bucket of people who are prioritized on work in their twenties. And she has this really interesting fact in her book that I absolutely loved, but also, again, it can be a little bit anxiety-inducing, but your 20s are a critical time to make moves and advance your career. And she has in her book, 20-something work has an influence on our long-run career success. About two-thirds of our lifetime wage growth happen in the first 10 years of our careers. Data from the U.S. Census Bureau shows on average salaries peak and plateau in our 40s. So for me, this was one of those, it was comforting and validating to be like, it's okay that I'm so focused on my career. Yeah, It's okay that I'm, you know, so focused on getting a promotion, getting a raise and kind of climbing a corporate ladder after like graduating and like just starting my career because now is the time to make these big moves. But then it also kind of becomes, but am I doing it and sacrificing these other buckets of living carefree, of prioritizing relationships? Like, am I sacrificing that for my work? So it's all in that balancing act. And like, obviously that's what our podcast is about is like your twenties are a chaotic time and like it's hard to know what to balance and like it can be isolating and you know overwhelming so obviously that's what we're all about but I just wanted to like open by being like maybe this will resonate for some people I don't know especially the work piece and like that two-thirds of lifetime wage growth happening in your 20s or first 10 years of your careers like that was mind-boggling to me yeah yeah well it's tough because I feel like I hope other people feel this too. And it's not just me, but I feel like every month I reprioritize and I pick something that I'm like, I need to focus on this thing. And then it's like, by Mm. the time the next month rolls around, it's like, nope, that was wrong. I need to focus on this other thing. But then by the time the next month rolls around, it's like, yeah, I can never truly find a consistent balance that works because it's like mm-hmm. it always feels like I could be doing more like I could be hustling more even in months where it's like I'm working late that's like yeah but you could have a side hustle or a month where I focus on like the social aspect then it's like yeah but you should be prioritizing your work because that's how you pay your bills but it's like this cycle mm-hmm. of never truly feeling like you're accomplishing enough in all aspects of your life. Yeah, I relate to that so much too. And I also kind of view it, I have this tendency of being like an all or nothing type person. So if I'm like, I'm committed to work this month, I'm committed to socializing. It's like, then I am all in on whatever I said my focus for that month is. And I do think like you're saying, 
it's easy to then get burnt out by whatever that focus is for you by the end of the month because you literally committed 100% of your effort to it the whole like past 30 days or whatever. So that makes a lot of sense to me and I definitely understand that feeling. Yeah. Well, and then I feel like this episode's perfect because it is very much like, okay, so you're working nine to five, Monday to Friday or whatever you're working. And that's Mm -hmm. a non-negotiable. You're going to do that. But how do you make it so that it's not just work that you're thinking about and that it's not just work that's dominating your lives and then you don't feel like you have to go on this roller coaster of prioritizing work, not prioritizing, prioritizing, not prioritizing. You can kind of keep things a little more level by doing a bunch of different stuff (laughs) that we're going to talk about. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I think going back to the beginning, like what we were saying at the beginning of this episode is... When you're working from home, especially, um, and I think that's super common, obviously, through the pandemic, and I know a lot of companies have started to go permanent work from home, I think it's even easier, like you were saying, Tag, to work longer hours because there's not that clear divide between personal lifetime and work time. Um, And as a result, people are just working all the time. I know, especially in 2020, like... I was working all the time because also I felt like I had nothing else to do. So it was like, like you were saying, well, I might as well just keep working. And that can spiral out of control very, very, very quickly. Yeah. It also kind of felt at that time, the employers had all the power because it was like, look at all your friends who lost their jobs. You're so lucky you can work from home. You're so lucky you're working through the pandemic. So you better be working. Whereas Mm -hmm. now there's been a definite shift in the employee and employer kind of relationship and where the power lies. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like that's why this is such a hot topic is that people are like, yeah, I can be grateful I have a job, but I also am only going to work 40 hours a week because that's what Mm -hmm. you pay me. Yeah. And that's reasonable. Yeah. And I think too, companies were also like, if you're working from home, or in my case, it was more so on like a freelance basis, but it's like, if you're working from home, you're available literally yeah. all day long, 24/7. like at any time, like, yeah, 24 seven. And that also obviously inevitably leave, leads to burnout as well. So I think the number one thing as far as like taking a break, actually living outside of your nine to five is setting boundaries when you're working from home. And Mm -hmm. we've talked about this a lot in the past, but it's as easy as like closing your laptop when you're done at five, that's it. Close your laptop and like, put it away, put it on a bookshelf, put it, you know, in a drawer somewhere where it's not going to be lighting up. It's not going to be dinging. And you can even set your phone so that work people can't contact you after hours. I know that a lot of places have put in laws that, are like, you cannot be contacted after hours. I'm pretty sure Ontario has one. And another great way to create boundaries is to actually take your lunch. Don't eat your lunch sitting at your desk, no matter how busy you are. Take breaks, get off of your office chair, go for a walk, meet a friend, eat your lunch outside. Like there are so many options, but it's just the getting up from your desk that takes the thought. I feel like 
those boundaries are so important because if you don't and you do end up kind of working those long hours, like it's really easy for your job, if it's all you're doing, to become a large part of your identity and to like completely take over. And like I was saying before, like that's kind of the fine line that I've walked. I want to say like up until the pandemic really. Um, Yeah. And I saw this other thing on TikTok that I found so like – interesting I couldn't find it for the life of me I was like scrolling and scrolling through like my (laughs) likes on TikTok trying to find it for you guys but essentially this girl was she was like a career coach of some sort and she was saying how Mm -hmm. people who view their job as a large part of their identity often take on their company's problems as their own personal problems and basically when you're kind of when you apply for a job you're resume and like you as an employee are answering their company's problems I say in air quotes but the company's problems which they've all listed in the job description for the role that you're hired for and she was like there's people that don't have those boundaries that you were just talking about tag they then start to internalize those as their own personal problems so instead of taking their lunch break they're going to be like well no we need to do this because whatever like work project or whatever is now becoming their own personal problem and like you know it's just like so fascinating to me and she was basically saying you need to set these boundaries so that you know your company's problems can stay your company's problems your problems can be your problems and like they're different you know and you do have this whole other identity and life outside of work hours so it can be though so easy to lose sight of that when you do work so much yeah well and it's not just important because like, yeah, you should not work more than you're paid for and you should have a life outside of work, but like burnout is very real. Mm. And I was reading today that it can take one to three years to recover from burnout. Some people in studies have felt the effects of burnout for 10 years. Oh my goodness. So while it seems Like, it's not a big deal to be, like, hustling right now because you're like, what else am I doing? Or, like, I want that promotion. If you are leading to you getting burnout, it's going to end up being a lot more negative in your career if you then can't work because you have chronic illness from burnout Mm. for 10 years. Yeah. Like, think of it like a sports injury and, like, you never give yourself time to fully recover and you just continue to show up and push through and you're like, eh, whatever, you know, I'm good enough to keep going, but you don't fully recover. Of course, that's going to be, like, long-term impact on you, you know, and you're not going to be able to perform down the line or it will take you 10 years to recover. Like, I feel like it's the exact same thing, but it's just kind of burnout is obviously more tied to us mentally and it can obviously take forms of like physical symptoms and whatnot but it's the exact same train of thought so it's basically like you're Kawhi Leonard (laughs) you come to the Raptors you've got a sports injury we're telling you you need to implement load management listen to Nick Nurse and then you will win a championship that's 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 a reference very few people are gonna get <laughs> that is exactly the moral of this story and with that we're gonna wrap it up no I'm just kidding yeah, yeah. I hope you learned a lot yeah. um it's so funny I know I told you guys that I started talking to a therapist earlier this year and my first session with her 
we were just kind of like getting to know each other and whatnot. And I was telling her how work is often my main source of anxiety and stress and, you know, because it is a large part of my identity. And she just asked me so simply, but she said, why is work so important to you? And I had to really think about Mm -hmm. it and I thought about it more like after our session and stuff, but I feel like that's such a good journal prompt. Like if all of this so far is really resonating with you and you're like, oh my God, girls, yep, I'm on my way to burnout. Oh my God. Yep. I'm prioritizing work. Oh my God. I don't have boundaries. Ask yourself, like, why is work so important to you? And I feel like you might have to do some digging to really get down to like that root, like not problem, sorry, that root reason. But once you identify Mm. it, I feel like it's easier to then throughout your workday be like, okay, but is this that important? Like if work is so important to me for this reason, like does this one project or does staying work late at work tonight, you know, really answer this root problem or root cause? Like I think that's been helpful for me. And also going back to this whole like being a big part of your identity, another good journal prompt could be to write down who you are without including what you do for a job. And I did this at the beginning of January when I was really in this kind of weird headspace headspace with my career. And I found it hard at first because the first thing I do when somebody asks me like, so tell me about yourself. First thing I do is tell them what I do for work. And that's because work is such a big part of my identity. But I think if you're like trying to set boundaries or trying to reclaim your life outside of your nine to five, figure out who you are, journal about it, do some soul searching to figure out who are you outside of those work hours, outside of your job title and write it all down. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I think too, we're going to kind of get into now the importance of routine, which we've talked about so many times. But in this case, I feel like creating a routine is also a really great way to help you establish your identity outside of work hours. And I think it can also be really helpful at enforcing boundaries. So you're logging off work at the like right time and all of those things that we have been talking about. It makes it a little bit easier to balance all of those things we were talking about, like your fun, your relationships, work, everything else going on in your life, if it's in a routine that works for your lifestyle. I wanted to mention too something that someone said to me at my very first job, which I think is a good reminder too, as we talk about our routines and talk about logging off at five, is they were like, just remember, we're not doing brain surgery. Yes. We're not doctors like obviously if you're a doctor this doesn't apply to you and like yeah you're just <laughs> that makes sense but probably a lot of people listening aren't doctors and your work is not that important and you are going to be surrounded by people who think that it is very very important mm-hmm. and so it's hard to stand up for yourself and set boundaries but so important because at the end of the day Like, I make videos for Facebook. Mm -hmm. That literally is, like, one of the least important jobs I could think of if I was making up jobs. And so while it feels like life and death in the moment, sometimes it's good to take a step back and be like, no one's going to die if this video is done at 9 a.m. and not done at 5 p.m., right? Exactly. 
that is good perspective to have. At my last job, it was in the home improvement industry, and we would just say, at the end of the day, we're selling hammers. I don't even know how many hammers we sold, but it was the exact same philosophy yeah. <laughs> of, yeah, yeah. it's it's all going to be okay. Exactly. Yeah. So, Tag, jumping into now what our routine looks like, I thought we could start with, like, our morning routine, workday routine, and then maybe an after-work, like, post-log-off routine. Do you want to maybe start by telling us what your morning routine looks like? Sure. So my job starts at 930. So my current routine is I wake up at 830 and I say good morning to my husband. He jumps in the shower because we only have one very small bathroom that we share. So I then get my coffee and I sit on the couch while he's in our only bathroom. So I use that time to drink my coffee, soak up some vitamin D because the couch I sit on is where we get the sun in the morning. And I get dressed, which sounds stupid, but can also be a big deal when you're working from Mm -hmm. home. And once he's out of the shower, then I can do like my skincare, brush my teeth, sit down, get ready for work. I'm hoping to maybe push my routine a little further, especially with it getting warmer. So I would like to maybe try like some yoga practice, something like that. But I'm kind of waiting for it to be warmer so that I can do it outside. Mm. So we'll see. But that's kind of what my routine's looking like now. So it's very, very simple. I'm not a morning person at all. Mm. So... The fact that like I've if I told high school me I'm waking up an hour before I start work, it would be like mind blowing because that's crazy. But that's yeah how it's going. Especially when you work in an environment where you could wake up five minutes before you start. Like you don't need to commute. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, girl, pat on the back for that. I'm proud of you. Thanks. (laughs) It is true though that through like the summer it's easier to get up and like embrace morning because it's brighter, yeah. it's warm, you know, in the winter when it's mm-hmm. car- cold and dark, it's like, no, I'm not getting out of bed, but it is nice. Yeah. Hibernation. Yeah, exactly. It is nice through the summer to be like, okay, maybe I can add to this because now is the time to do it. What about you? What's your morning routine? Yeah. My morning routine is very similar to yours actually, but mm-hmm. I start work at nine. So usually I get up anywhere between 745 and eight. My alarm goes off at 730 every morning, but I typically snooze twice. (laughs) This is like (laughs) detail, sorry, but usually it's like I'm up an hour before work starts, um, sometimes a little bit earlier. And like you said, Tag, I'm also not a morning person at all. And I know we've talked about this before, but just wanted to like shout this out for anybody who's new here or hasn't heard this but I also do place my phone across the room because if it's Mm -hmm. right beside me it's so easy to snooze for literally an hour where when I have to get up and snooze like or get up and turn off my alarm I'm already out of bed might as well just stay up usually like I said though I do snooze twice so that's me getting up (laughs) going back to bed getting up going back to bed getting up staying up That's exercise. Yeah, exactly. But anyways, after that, um, usually I do what I call my kitty chores, which is so cringe. But basically, it's just like feeding my cat, cleaning her litter box, those sorts of things. So everything's good to go for the day. She also like makes 
like she's playful through the night. So I wake up yeah. and she's like destroyed my house. Not quite, yeah. but toys everywhere. All her food's gone. So it's like, okay, morning, Classic. let's get life in order here. Then usually I grab my coffee and drink that in bed while doing some gratitude journaling. I literally just have like a line notebook for my journal and I just wrote down like March gratitude and I add to it every day throughout the month and then I'll start a new list for the next month. But usually I have to have like at least half a cup of coffee in me before I can do anything else. So once I do that with my gratitude journaling, then I turn on yoga with Adrian, literal like diehard fan over here. <laughs> I love Adrian's <laughs> YouTube videos so much and do one of those, usually just like a half hour, 40 minute one, and then make my bed, do my skincare, and then I log into work. But the best part about my morning routine, I think, is it's so simple. Like people listening are like, wow, girl, yeah, you go. But really, it's not that much at the end of the day. <laughs> but I've been using a habit tracker and things like practicing gratitude, daily yoga, making my bed. Those are all things on my daily habit tracker. And that's three things that I check off before I even log into work. So it gives me a sense of like accomplishment, even with like doing things for my cat and like those sorts of chores. Like I've already accomplished something before 9 a.m. And that really fuels me to like have a more productive day. And it also gives me time mm. to like mentally tap into the day, you know, like that hour before work, it is so easy to be like, no, I think I'll just sleep in and only do half yeah. an hour before work today. But it really takes me that full hour to wake up and like tune in to, okay, it's a new day, you know, set some kind of like intentions, figure out my mood, what I need for the day and set myself up for success that way. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So Tag, we're logging into work. Mm -hmm. What does your workday routine look like? The first thing that I do is I go through all of my emails I've received since I logged off because I don't really check my emails after five. I'll like, they pop up on my phone. So, you know, I read them every once in a while, but i don't go out of my way to read them. So usually mm -hmm. half of them are just garbage spam. But usually by the morning, I have maybe like 20, 25, 30 emails to go through. And so I've got to go through the emails, delete the things I don't need, organize the things I do, respond to emails if I need to. I'll review my calendar, highlight any big tasks I have to do. And Something I've been doing lately is doing like time blocks in my GCAL. So I've been kind of splitting up my day that way just because I feel like it's so easy to waste big chunks of the day doing like little things. So it's like, okay, I'm, I'm giving myself half an hour to do this thing. And so I will do that. And then my company has a daily video check-in every single morning at 10 a.m. So I have to be on and ready for 10 a.m. every day. And so I will do my little check-in where I tell everyone what I'm going to do all day. And then I get to doing it. And I go for my lunch around noon so that my husband and I have our lunch together. And sometimes it's like we watch a show together. Sometimes we go on a walk together. Sometimes it's you know, like he's sitting in one seat and I'm sitting on the other and we're doing something separate, but we're still hanging out together. And yeah, eat something, go for a walk. And that's kind of what makes up my work day. What about you? 
my day starts very similar where I'll review my calendar for the day or I guess, yeah, like my or my Outlook calendar um, for the day. I'll read all my emails. I don't often respond to emails yet. Mm -hmm. I'll just go through and read everything, which is maybe weird. But (laughs) then I um, work in social media or digital media um, marketing. So I have like daily reports that will show me like yesterday's performance. Mm -hmm. And I work in retail. So we also have like yesterday's sales performance and or sales report and all those sorts of things. So like look over all my reports, get a pulse on how my campaigns are performing that are currently live. Then I also subscribe to some daily newsletters and I get them sent to my work inbox Mm -hmm. rather than my personal one. So I'll read through those once I kind of get a pulse on, you know, what's going on for the day. How's, how are things doing? And then this is maybe weird for some people, but then I step away from my desk for, I don't know, five, 10 minutes, get dressed, make breakfast, which is usually just like oatmeal so it's not anything fancy or like time consuming and then I'll go back to my desk once I'm like dressed and everything and I'll eat while I respond to my emails and I know that's probably not the best thing like you should probably eat away from your screen (laughs) but for some reason this has just been the best work from home situation Mm -hmm. it's like I read my emails when I first logged in then I like took time to like think about how do I want to respond what should I prioritize that sort of thing and then I step away for a minute then I come back and I'm like, okay, time to get down to business. So that is usually how my morning looks. And then start tackling my to-do list um, once emails are responded to. Often I'll go for a walk or run errands at lunchtime. So usually I'm taking lunch around 12 p.m. as well. And I find it's helpful to run errands at lunchtime because if I don't, it's off like it's easy to just work past noon and then be like okay like I'll just like make something quick for lunch and then only take 20 minutes versus when I have to run errands it gets me outside get some steps in but it also really like forces me to take longer than just like 10 20 minutes at lunch so that is an important part of my day and then also I take a tea or coffee break usually around two or three in the afternoon and I'll just like take 10 minutes probably to sit in my kitchen, sit on my couch, sometimes sit on my bed if I'm having a really rough day (laughs) and I'll either pet my cat, scroll through TikTok, whatever. But it is like my like 10 minute afternoon break. Love it. Do you want to get into after work routine now? Sure. So always try and log off as close to 530 as possible. And this is something when I started my job, I verbalized it with my supervisors like I was like I'm will be done as close to 5 30 as I can within reason and I mean they can't really say anything because they only paid me to work until then but still it's nice to be like this is what the yeah. expectation is so very close to 5 30 I sign off I make dinner or my husband makes me dinner something low carb, high protein, high fat, just because that's the kind of food that I feel like gives me the best energy to get me through the end of the day. I don't know why. It's just what works for me. And after dinner, tidy up. And then I will usually watch like a TV show or a movie with my husband, something, you know, for an hour or two. 
Um, I will try and either do a walk if I didn't do a walk at lunch or some yoga, sometimes both shower or bath skincare. And I will get into my PJs pretty early just because PJs rock. And I have even more skincare that I do in bed because I'm insane, like lip masks and body lotion. So it just keeps happening in bed. And I have a journal that I journal in every night and I will read at least one chapter of a fiction book and at least one chapter of a nonfiction book. Mm. And then I turn off my light around 11 and go to sleep. Nice. So you always have two books on the go? Yeah. I actually always have like six books on the go because I'm an insane person. If anyone follows me on Goodreads, you see that I have like so many books on the go because I'm very much like, if it's not grabbing me right now, I'm like, nope, I'm leaving that. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I'll circle back. So I have a (laughs) lot of books that I'm like halfway through reading, which is probably not the best reading technique because I'm always like, wait, what's happening when I get back into it? Mm. But it's just what works for me yeah girl that's all yeah, we can do weird. do what works for you yeah yeah I love that though it's very like unwind you know what I mean like yeah this is me time I can recharge before I get up and do this all over again tomorrow and like yeah. that recharging time is so important because like we were saying that's what really prevents the burnout and going insane so I love yeah. that yeah what about you Yeah. So I work nine to five, so I'll log off right at 5 p.m. And I'm going to circle back. (laughs) I love how you said circle back earlier. I'm like, I'm going to bring that up when I need to circle back. (laughs) But I'll come back to talking about logging off on time in a minute. But like I said, log off promptly at 5 p.m. Then I make sure to tidy my desk in my office space. Basically, come the end of the workday, I have, like, a water bottle, some other, like, juice or kombucha bottle, another mug. Like, I'm that girl with, like, 500 drinks on her desk, so I'll clean that up. Just, like, make sure my sticky notes, my to-do list, everything's organized. So the next day, I'm, like, setting myself up for success. Then I'll typically change into my workout clothes and go for a walk or do one of my workouts. I My current, like, workout program is three nights a week. So typically I'm doing some sort of workout the nights that I don't, I like to go for a walk, um, or those are the nights that I'm socializing. So really depends, but say it's a night of doing a workout. That's a little bit more typical. Um, after that I'll make dinner and then do dishes and like clean up the kitchen. Again, I just like cannot fully relax unless my house Mm -hmm. is clean and there's like nothing else to do. So doing dishes is like a big task for me to like get off my list before I either start working on podcast work. So Tegan and I like record once a week, obviously. And we're, I feel like always doing something else in the days between as well. So work on that for an hour or so, usually like from, I don't know, seven to eight or eight to nine ish and then watch some sort of YouTube or Netflix show before showering and starting my night routine around nine or 10 PM. And I feel like I could have a whole other like episode on just my night routine. (laughs) It's not that (laughs) intense, but that's kind of my after work routine to like wind down and be like, 
we are no longer working. This is me time. Like this is the separation between work and life. And for me, like my workout and cooking dinner is really that time for me to like unwind and like mentally shift between work and evening. I find Mm -hmm. workouts I, again, I feel like a broken record because I definitely have talked about this before, but like workouts especially are really great for like releasing stress and like the more stressed I am, the harder I show up in my workout and like push myself, which is extremely rewarding, but makes me feel so much better. So like that definitely helps me, you know, mentally shift from work and life, but so does cooking. Mm -hmm. And usually it's like, I'm still thinking about work while I'm cooking or while I'm doing my workout, but by the end of it, like once dinner is made, once my workout's done, I feel so much better. And I'm like no longer thinking about work, you know, like that's my unwind time mentally. So definitely important to put something in place. And I really want to stress, like, I feel like when we're talking about boundaries, like after work routines are overlooked, I think, like people think about morning routines, I think about evening or night routines, but they don't really focus on after work routine. But this answers the question if you're like, well, what else am I going to do? I'm just going to keep working. Like, no, if you think that you need an after work routine, because your after work routine gives you something to do and forces you to log off when you're supposed to log off. So this kind of takes me back to logging off promptly at 5 p.m. or 5.30, whatever your like work hours are. But I just want to say that I feel like there's this notion of if you work late, you're a hard worker and you're the one that's like getting the next promotion. You know, like there's just this like preconceived notion around that. And I just want to say that I'm somebody who I feel like I've advanced my career quite a bit and like quite a lot in my 20s so far and I'm really proud of where I'm at but I'm someone who never works past 5 p.m and I work in Mm -hmm. social so of course like if something comes up or if I needed to post something like I don't really do that anymore but when I did I would do it but I'm never like logged into my work computer responding to emails nothing and I've still gotten like, like I said, to a point in my career that I'm really content and proud of. The only time I have worked past work hours is during like really crazy peak seasons. So I feel like every business has those crazy seasons, but even then it's like super minimal, like maybe one or two days a week. And yeah, why I think that is because typically it kind of goes back to what you're saying, Tag, where it's like, at the end of the day, we just sell whatever product you're selling. We just do whatever service you provide. Like you're not saving lives or anything like that. So it's like, does it really matter if you send an email at 7 p.m. or if you send it when you first log in at at 9 a.m.? Like it really doesn't matter, especially since everybody else probably logged off at 5 p.m. Nobody's even going to look at it until the morning. So it can probably wait until the morning. So that mindset has really helped me. But I feel like if you really have that much work to do where you have to work past 5 p.m., it's probably or very likely in my case due to someone else messing up something in the process. So something like someone giving you their part of the project late and then it gives you less time to complete what you need to do. Or maybe they've underestimated how much time it takes you to do something or they're pushing the boundaries. They know your timelines, but they still are trying to cut corners and push your boundaries. So that's why you're working late. And in my mind, it's like, well, if it's not saying blame somebody else, but if it's someone else (laughs) who's 
you know, making a project chaotic, why are you the one working late and paying the price for it? Like, it just doesn't make sense. So I feel like that's interesting perspective to have. I also think if you're someone who's like, no, I'm sending emails at 7 p.m. so people know I'm working late, I just want to say maybe check yourself because you might be doing it for the wrong reasons. And I really don't think anybody looks at an email and goes, oh my God, she sent it at 7 p.m. Wow, clap, clap, clap. Like, I'm so proud of her for working late. Like, no, that's not it. I think where you can make the most impact and more impact than sending an email at 7 p.m. or hustling outside of work hours is hustling and doing a really good job during work hours when people are actually around to notice you working hard. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't know, like using your work time to enforce boundaries, to put your head down and work your ass off, you know, that I think is way more useful and a better like use of your time than working late and trying to like get clout for working late. So there's my long-winded rant. I feel somebody somewhere needed to hear that just to be like, Sadie, (laughs) put me in my place. Give me some tough love. Tell me why I need to log off at 5 p.m. And of course, the last point, obviously, Tag, you've already mentioned this, is you only get paid to work eight hours a day probably. Like, so stick to that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And if your work is a place where you are consistently having to work, more than 40 hours and you're not paid accordingly it's a problem with the workplace like the problem isn't you and you being slow the problem is they need to hire more people exactly and it's again you internalizing that problem as your problem by being the one to work late when it's like this actually isn't your problem at all (laughs) yeah exactly I think too sorry now I'm just like extremely like lit up about this topic because (laughs) we know that I get extremely passionate talking about work. But if you're consistently pushing your own boundaries or breaking your boundaries, not enforcing them, people are going to take advantage of that and then expect that to become your new normal and your new boundaries. So you're kind of setting yourself up for failure. I feel like if you do need to work late or if you do need to, um, like break your boundaries once in a while, make sure it's clear that I'm doing this once, but I'm not going to do this all the time. You know what I mean? Because there is obviously like give and take between being a good employee and being a good coworker and doing what needs to be done for like the greater good of the team. But it should not be that you're sacrificing your time outside of work hours to get that done. Yeah. A hundred percent. Okay, we can move on now. (laughs) My rant (laughs) is over. (laughs) Everyone's like, this girl needs to take a breath. (laughs) Well, I feel like the last kind of thing we just wanted to touch on were like a couple of like really quick little ideas on how you can enjoy your time outside of work because this has been very focused Mm -hmm. on like routine, like you have to log off. So it's like, okay, I'm logged off. What do I do now? And Mm -hmm. so it's like you should be creating small joys in your everyday, creating weekly Mm -hmm. rituals, creating goals that aren't career focused. And then your time when you're away from work, you can be working on those goals. That's a big one that I need to remind myself of because it's so easy. I feel like I just feel like career goals are so tangible 
that it's like, okay, mm-hmm. my goal is to get this promotion, to get this raise, to get mm-hmm. this title. Whereas goals outside of work can be a little harder to quantify, but they're yeah. just as important. Yeah. So. Maybe more important, especially yeah. if you're struggling to know who you are outside of work hours. I love that so much. I also think being the person who puts an effort to meet up with friends and like mm. be the one to reach out and set up plans, like that's yeah. another way to enjoy life outside of work. If you're just waiting for somebody else to initiate that, like it might not ever happen, you know? So be the one to reach out, make the plans, be social. Similarly, mm. maybe get some hobbies or join some social clubs or classes or courses, leagues, maybe not clubs. That's kind of a like school lingo, but <laughs> I was talk- thinking like leagues and stuff um, in the evenings and weekends. I know in Toronto, we had TSSC, which was Toronto Sports and Social Club. I just looked it up for this episode and it looks like it's now called JAM. J-A-M. So I don't know what's going on there. But like, (laughs) if you don't have like a large group of friends, or you're looking to make friends, to do stuff in the evenings with, this is like an organized, um, exactly what it sounded like before jam. I don't know what it stands for, but like a sport and social club where you can sign up for basketball and then play in a league. You can sign up for Mm. volleyball, like any types of sports and social activities with people you don't already know. Yeah. Another thing kind of in the same line as that is to be intentional with your relationships because we know time outside Mm -hmm. of work is somewhat limited. So don't hang out with people that drain you, that you don't enjoy Mm -hmm. spending time with and spend time with people that you actually connect with and have a good time with, not just because they're a good contact or they're your coworkers, so if you're friends with them, they'll help you get a promotion. Like, just connect with people who are nice to connect and help you think of things other than work. Yeah. I Another love that. thing is to try and schedule in rest and relaxation if that's something you struggle with. If you're always skipping mm-hmm. your workouts, for example, you can use an app like ClassPass. And you get charged if you cancel your class within a certain amount of time. So if that's what it takes for you to put in time to do a workout, do it. And I think if you're struggling to find time, like obviously we are only speaking of our work experiences and like the industry I work in, the companies I work for, like they're not extremely time consuming where they're not like forcing me to like work outside of work hours. So it's easy for me to be like, log off at five, whatever. But if you're someone who does need to work 10 hour days or like, that's just your usual, then I think creating more time outside of your work hours could be Mm -hmm. a really good option for you. And by that, I mean, pretty much just like getting up earlier and this content creator slash influencer that I follow on basically all social media, her (laughs) name is Bria Jones. And for the past two years, she's done something called 5am February. And essentially she struggled with like depression actually. And was like, I just need to like figure out some way to take control of my day and to like Mm -hmm. claim my day. And she found getting up at 5 a.m. was what did that for her. And she's now turned it into like this whole community thing. Obviously, it just happened. It's called 5 a.m. February. So it happened (laughs) in February. But still, I think the idea of it is really good where if you're just waking up, going to work, logging off, going to bed, like break that routine by making more time to do these things like working out, cook, clean, whatever it is that is important to you outside of work. 
Yeah, definitely. I think the last thing I wanted to leave you with was to celebrate all of your personal wins. And this is kind of linked to like creating the small joys in your everyday and creating goals that aren't career focused. Celebrate your non-career wins like they're career wins. Yes, I love that. Yeah, I think that was everything. So good. I love it so much. All right. Well, guys, this was definitely a long episode, so we thank you so much for listening if you made it this far. <laughs> um, we are on social media, so if you're not tired of us yet, you can find us there. We are at our golden 20s on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Pinterest. We have some Spotify playlists to get you amped up during work and after work hours. So definitely check those out. And we are, of course, on Patreon as well. So that is the best way to support the podcast for as little as $2 a month. And we're getting much better at posting exclusive content for our Patreon community. So you definitely want to join so you don't miss out on that. Plus getting access to the episodes early. So that is everything for today. Thank you so much for listening. And we will see you next Tuesday. Bye.